This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Five Star Zone Podcast with Rico Baird and the Big Ten Network's Howard Griffith. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, that man right there, that's Howard Griffith. You see him all the time on the BTN. I mean, you know, we all can hope and dream. One day I hope to sit on that set. Just one time, Howard, I just want to sit in that chair and just look out and just have America listen to what I have to say. Well, you need to come hang out in Chicago sometime. You know, okay. we're there. Okay. Set's always there. Okay. I'm just saying, yeah, you didn't have my boy Alan True on the set, but I haven't made it come in here. You had Alan on this set. I, I'm yeah. a little bit jealous. I hear you. I mean, Alan does a great job for us in that recruiting side of it because uh, without him, I really don't think we could have a show, really, to tell the truth. <laughs> hey, let me just quick side note. Me and Alan go way back from okay. just covering high school games together where we would just be on the sideline watching. So uh, we've kind of watched each other's careers just kind of take off where we yeah. were just, you know, we were just a bunch of nerds just out of some high school games covering a bunch of kids that nobody even knew about. <laughs> but we heard that this guy may be good. And then the next thing you know, I look up and I'm like, man, Alan running things at 24-7. And now, you know, he's he's on TV. So, yeah. Did you know he was a comedian too? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, He's uh, you know Mike fun. Hall. Yeah, Mike Hall does stand up as well or improv. He might get both of them might be mad because they, they do improv. And uh, so, you know, they've talked about it since Alan's come on. So they've been fans of each other's work. So we've known about uh, Alan's little side career. I shouldn't call it a little, but his side career that he has an enjoyable time with. Yeah, he's he's actually pretty good. I went yeah. to a couple of shows and I was like, Alan, I'd be honest with you, even if I wasn't your boy, <laughs> I had fun. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Here's the here's the funny thing. The reason okay. why we can start this podcast off talking about Alan True and Mike Hall, not a lot of great games this week in the Big yeah. Ten. It's almost it's at the precipice of the real season starts next yeah. week with the Ohio State and the Penn State game. Howard, as a player, you know, especially when you're on – how do you stay focused just to, yeah. to win the games you're supposed to win and not look past a certain team? Because we all know, look, Purdue has upset Ohio State before. You see mm-hmm. upsets in the Big Ten. Yeah. How do you just stay grounded, stay focused, and just play the team that's right in front of you and not the team on paper next week? I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I've only I've learned this being away from the game, uh, being removed from it, because during when you're in the midst of it, man, you it's just human nature. When you believe that there's a game you should go win like Penn State and UMass, you don't expect much of a contest there. But there's still questions. There are things still in front of this Penn State team 
uh, that's going to keep them motivated, right? It's it's go being undefeated. It's you know you got Ohio State, but you got to be able to win those games. So there's still a lot of goals that are out in front of them. Big Ten championship, college football playoff appearance. Those things are out there. When you're Purdue, I mean it's it's a matter of continuing uh, to get back to what you're doing, building your your program the way you want to, and a lot of it. A lot of it, like in Purdue's situation, is, is depends upon, you know, your your coaching staff. They've got to be able to make sure that they're pressing all the buttons because as a, as a player, sometimes you're sitting back and you're saying, well, we're going to win the game, no big deal. We don't necessarily have to prepare as hard as we need to because we just have better players. Purdue knows that they can, you know, that, that program has upset people for years so that they know that there's something in front of them as well. You know, right. be a giant killer. Ohio State is, it looks like they're finally getting on a roll. So we'll have to see. They'll have an opportunity to, to match wits with them and try to dial up some great things. And then, you know, speaking of Penn State, real quick, you had the reporter come out and just ask James Franklin, you know, why don't you guys just throw it deep? Now, I don't know if that was a reporter speaking for the fan or if that was just a fan in the reporter. <laughs> but it's like we've all wanted to just ask the coach sometimes, dude, why do you make things so difficult? Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of funny just watching Franklin's reaction. It's just like, is this for real? Is this, is this a real yeah. question? Yeah, and, and I'd say this. I, I think one of the things, and it's one of their longtime beat reporters uh, who does a great job, who also has come out and admitted that he used poor wording to ask the question. And because I think from a coach's standpoint, I mean, you know, you're going to sit there and say, no, we we draw plays up. There's a scheme. There's, there's uh, you know, a progression for the quarterback. There are a lot of things that have to happen as opposed to saying, hey, hey, Lambert Smith, Go deep. I don't care. Just run straight. <laughs> right. Let's run full vertical. Let's yeah, just go. Yeah. Oh, you just drop back. I don't care what you see out there. It doesn't matter. Just throw it up. So I can see, you know, why Coach Franklin answered the question the way he did. And then the reporter kept pushing and pushing. And it, it just, listen, I, I think it's just one of those uh, unfortunate things. Listen, we all ask or word some questions poorly sometimes. And, and, and that happens. And, you know, you kind of get the answer. Uh, that, that Coach Franklin decided that he wanted to give because it's, it's a scheme. And, and let's remember, you go back a couple of weeks, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, versus Northwestern, you know, Penn State wanted to start to try to find out, okay, well, we we understand our, our issues. We haven't had all the explosive plays that we've had. I think you think about, talk about how great this running back group is. Mm-hmm. I don't believe they have a carry over 20 yards between the two of them, the, the, the best one, Singleton and Allen. Right. So we haven't seen that. You talk about the deep passes. We really haven't seen that in any consistent basis. So this will be an interesting matchup for this week against UMass because they have some some talented corners and, and secondary players uh, who have transferred into Don Brown's uh, program. But I think ultimately it, where they have to ultimately be able to hold up talking about UMass is at the line of scrimmage. And I think that's one of the things that if you're a UMass fan, you're concerned about whether or not you'll be able to hold up against this offensive line at Penn State. Yeah, I mean, Howard, you make a great coach because when, when I say uh, minus 41 and a half, that's, that's, that's not the over-under. That's the point spread. <laughs> <laughs> Good try. Yeah. But where, yeah, you know what, Aller, it, it, you should be playing a lot of backups in the second yeah. half. As a matter of fact, looking at a lot of the games this week, 
there's only one that seems to be competitive. It's going to be played out in the rain out in Piscataway. It's mm-hmm. Rutgers, Michigan State. Michigan State rumored that Caden Hauser will probably be the quarterback this week. I mean, if you're a new quarterback, would you rather start on the road away from the pressure or would you rather start at home and have the fans behind you to cheer you on? I, I think in this situation, you might want to be on the road, right? You might just want to be on the road because things haven't happened quite the way you've wanted to in the last last few weeks. But, you know, if you're if you're the backup and you're having an opportunity to play, you know, you're you're more focused on what it is you have to take care of. And, and you think about the quarterback at, at Michigan State, how's it just take care of the football, right? Let's start there. Let's not throw it to the other team because that's been the huge, the biggest difference from the first nine turnovers weeks. in the last yeah, two weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's it's you can't win football games that way. And, you know, with all the other things that are going on around the program, you've got to make sure that you're playing as close to perfect as you can. Or should I say control the controllables, which are turning the football over. And they happen sometimes, but you got to make sure you, you're making the right read. You're, you're not putting the ball in harm's way. And, and you're not – you don't have senseless penalties. And, and – that's a big problem too, particularly when you know when the game is is tight and all of a sudden you know you put yourself in harm's way by creating turnovers and and um, committing penalties. I mean, I got to look at it as yeah. I mean, if you're Harlan Barnett, if you're Hauser, you got Rutgers. I think Rutgers is favored by like four because mm-hmm. then you come back and, and you have Michigan next week. Yeah, I would think that this has to be the game. But Howard, I think you nailed it can't turn the ball over because watching these teams, I mean, yeah, the last two games I thought were winnable. I think Maryland would have been a little more of a challenge, mm-hmm. but kept giving them short fields, and they took Mike Loxley and the boys took care of that. Yeah. Iowa, it was like the football guys handed you the game and said, okay, Kate's done after five right. plays, and they still – I mean, when, when your kicker kicks a 58-yard field goal, you're supposed mm-hmm. to win the game. You, you better win the game, right? But they, but they didn't. So I think it's a big challenge for them. That's the only really... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Close game. You look at the other games, and yeah. 
Ohio State last week against Maryland. The score looks like they won, but if you watched the game, you knew. It for a second looked like it was going to be upset alert with Maryland. What, what does Maryland have to do to get over that hump to finally knock out a top 10 team? Well, I think, you know, it's the process. I think they're there. They're in position. But what did we see happen? We, we saw the ball get turned over uh, late in the half. Uh, you know, you have an opportunity to get some points. You don't get them going into halftime uh, or at least have an opportunity to. And, and it's, listen, I, I think it's always going to be difficult when, when you think about when Penn State is rolling. I think they're maximizing everything they have. You look at Ohio State, even though they're struggling, in third down situations, they're not giving up the big plays, but that's still a really, really talented team, obviously. And you look at Michigan, when those three programs are playing as well as they are right now, you know, if you're the fourth or fifth team, it, it's always going to be hard to be able to, to get over the hump. So what ends up having to happen, you need those teams to play, you know, in some way have some poor quarters. And you saw Ohio State, one of the things they've been struggling with really uh, offensively is just being efficient. And what I mean by that is converting on third down, being able to move the ball with the first drive, being able to put points on the board. They're not doing that right now with any uh, efficiency. And so, so we see questions there. We see that they're able to be attacked in that area. But when you don't take advantage of it, you know, it's going to be tough sledding for you. But it's continuing to – I think they're on the right course, but it's continuing to get the big guys inside, the defensive linemen, the offensive line, you've got to continue to build that. This is an offensive line that knew coming into this, into the Ohio State game, was it was really inexperienced. And it looked good earlier in the season because they were playing some people that, you know, they, they were just better than. They'd only given up, I think, two or three sacks going into the Ohio State game. But Ohio State was the first time they were going to see some significant pressure, and, and they were able to see that, and it caused some problems for them. But I think it's about staying the course for this Maryland team to keep building. Now, in saying all of that, oh, by the way, we get four new teams into the conference, yeah. and three of them <laughs> look like offensive juggernauts. Right. Right? And, man, in the third one, I talk about UCLA, I, you know what they have at quarterback. We've talked about that in, in the previous episodes. Right, you There's got four good teams there. there. Yeah. yeah. So you've got, you know, Oregon – most likely loses their guy. Washington loses their guy. So you, you, you start to look around, but the, they're still doing a great job recruiting. So now you go from, okay, what do you need to do to be the fourth or the fifth best team in the Big Ten? That significantly uh, hurts where you're going to be because now there are obviously some more contenders that are going to be there fighting. So the long answer is, short answer is, Continue to build your offense and defensive linemen. The skill positions are out there. Skill players are out there, and you'll get them. But you have to, you know, the other thing that'll help, they got to find that next that next playmaker at the quarterback position. They've yeah. got to do that in a hurry. Yeah. And then let's talk about the team at the top, Howard. Michigan is finally rolling. Their last two games, none of this, we're going to squeak it out in the third quarter. It's just hammer meets nail meets nail, meets nail, and just pounds that nail in. For Michigan, is, is are their biggest enemies right now just, you know, I guess boredom and trying to stay healthy? Because other than that, Jim Harbaugh has this team humming right yeah. now. And they yeah. really haven't had to use, like, all of their offense. But they're just better than everybody in the Big Ten. 
Yeah, just think about how crazy that is when you say they haven't even had to to, to use everything. Um, but again, you talk about how inefficient Ohio State is at times. Uh, a lot of the season this year, Michigan has just been, you know, as you mentioned, those guys are rolling, and uh, it doesn't look like much is going to be in the way to stop them at this particular point. Um, the different styles of play when you look at Penn State and you look at Michigan, that'll come into play once again. Uh, the style of play when you look at Michigan and Ohio State will come into play once again. Um, you've seen an offensive line at Ohio State that's not been able to get the push that, that we're accustomed to, and they really have not had that. The backs there are really good. Don't get me wrong. They are really good, but none of those guys have been anywhere near I think where Ezekiel Elliott was when Ohio State was really rolling in that run game, they could run the ball whenever they wanted to when Zeke was back there. It's been, you know, it's been a challenge since then. Uh, and I don't think it's all on the backs. I, I think it's a combination of what's happening up front. But they, it looks like they're playing better up front, at least last week they did. But again, they were able to push people around, but still not gaudy running numbers. So, you know, when you look at those top three teams, who has the least question marks? And yeah. it's without a doubt, it, it's Michigan. And then it's not even really about question marks. It's just like you mentioned. Uh, is it boredom? I don't think they're good bored. Uh, they, they've got the coaching staff is is too good for that, too smart for that. So they won't get bored. Won't, players won't get bored. Health is really, I think, the only thing that can can really slow slow them down at this particular point. But this is also a deep team that's playing a lot of players that have gotten a lot of valuable reps the last couple of years. Uh, and it looks like things are going to continue to roll for them until somebody's able to knock them off. Yeah, and it's funny because when you mentioned Ohio State, I've often said that there are certain teams, it's, whether it's fair or unfair, you don't judge them based off of what they are this year. You judge them based off of past teams. and Because mm -hmm. I, I look at Alabama, and it's like, well, they're not Bama. Well, they're, they only have one loss, but they're not like Alabama that you uh -huh. know. Right. Georgia doesn't look like the Georgia that you knew. And I think that's the same for Ohio State. You mentioned it with the backs. You know, how does Zeke Elliott, the Chase Youngs, the Bosa brothers out there, it seemed like every year they were putting corners and safeties in the league. And this looks like a really good team. It just doesn't look like an Ohio State team, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Oh, it makes a lot of sense in the world. Because think about you just mentioned the team. You mentioned Georgia. You mentioned Bama. Uh, you can even put LSU in the, in that mix who's scoring a bunch of points, but they still, you know, to the casual viewer, you look and see who they lose to, and eh, maybe they're not that good, but, you know, they're one of the top scoring teams in college football. So I think there's so much parity right now uh, in college football that you just don't have the quote-unquote great team that's out there. At least they have not shown themselves or re revealed themselves to this point, I think you could make a case that, that Michigan is, but if you're if you're someone from the SEC, you're saying you're all you're doing is looking at the scores and you're saying, well, I don't really know. I don't think right. so, but we'll have to wait and see it. And I think the way and the transfer portal has had a lot to do with this. I, I think you know, you look at what what's happening in Washington, that thing is humming. Oregon, obviously, USC, they've got their wards, but they're still gonna put up points. Defensively, they struggle. We talked about UCLA. I mean, there's so many teams. You look at Miami. Yeah, they had a problem, but I mean, they're scoring points. Clemson's out there. There's so many teams. Texas is out there. So there's so many teams that are right there that can be in the discussion 
it just used to be a point where we said, well, if you look at it, only maybe two, right. maybe three teams yeah, can win it all. Not this no. year. We're not seeing that. And I don't know that we're going to see it moving forward. Now, the funny thing is, if you ever wanted to have the 12-team playoff, it is this <laughs> year because you could make a case for at least eight or nine teams. You could make a case and say, okay, heck, even with a 12-team playoff, Notre Dame wouldn't be no. done. Right. You would just have to go out and run the table. He would, mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me, with your two losses. It's like, yeah. because there is, it used to be, it was Alabama and everybody else. Then it was mm-hmm. Georgia, Alabama and everybody else. Now, I mean, we were talking about it on the show. It, it You got to throw Michigan in that category. Mm-hmm. There, You know, you got Georgia, you got Alabama. What about Texas? You know, they're mm-hmm. going to get another chance to play Oklahoma later. Yep. And then look at Oklahoma. Oklahoma played their toughest game of the year. Now, mm-hmm. they'll have to probably play Texas again in the, in the Big 12 championship game. But there's so many different teams. And I do think that it, this is going to be a year we might as well call it political season because that final week is going to be so much politicking. Yeah. It reminds me, you know, it was when, um, when urban Meyer went on there and said, Hey, let Florida in the game. Nobody wants to see Michigan, Ohio state again. Or when TC, it was a yeah, TCU in the mm-hmm. early playoff game. Day, yeah. it was like, well, we deserve to be in there mm-hmm. at Baylor who got knocked out when they had RG three. It was like so yeah. many different things. It's going to be so many politics and politicians going on during this time because you may get one team, one or two teams that's undefeated, but Howard, I can easily see about six teams with one losses. And good yeah. luck trying to parse through and tell me, <laughs> well, this team is better than that team, but that team beat this team. But if you mm-hmm. put them at a neutral site, Hey, you know what? God bless. I'm glad that it gets expanded, but I guess if you got to do four, you got to go out with a bang. Looks like this year is going to be the year to go out with a bang. It really is. I think um, the committee is going to have their hands full, at least at this particular point in this stage in the season. We're going to see some things play out over the next couple of weeks that should be able to give us some more clarity uh, about what's happening. Uh, you know, from the national picture. But I tell you another sneaky good game this weekend in, in the West, right? Iowa, Wisconsin. Yeah. And, you know, Iowa, I mean, wow. <laughs> What's happening there? You know, just can't seem to get the offense going. They were able to run the ball a lot better with Johnson, have, having him back on the field. You know, so having him will be a big part of it. You know, and then Wisco, it's, we talked every, we talked, for weeks, right, about this dynamic high-flying offense, but that's just not that's just not who they're going to be this year. I don't think that they're prepared to go in that direction just yet, and they've got to be able to utilize what they have on the roster that says so much time. And if you've got Braylon Allen on your team, man, turn around and hand that dude the football, and then get to third and short situations, and you want to get cute, do it then. But first, first down, you got to be able to run it because they're going to have some success doing that. I've often said a lot of times it just seems like coaches just really overthink things. I mean, and, and granted, we talk about the Big Ten, but I, you touched upon something I want to talk about later, but it's here now. Mm-hmm. Howard, I know you have the the coaching staff, but do we and we joke about it on our our radio show? But do you really think that maybe you just need to hire an in game coach, somebody whose job for the final five minutes of the game? is you stand right next to the coach and you tell him you have your own chart. 
and it's just either a green card or a red card. I think we should go for it. Red card, no, hard no. Hey, we're up. There's 40 seconds left. It's third down. They have no timeouts. What if we just run this play? No, coach. How about we take a knee and end the game? That's what happened in Miami. It's just always funny to me because we look at these coaches as smart men. They make a ton of money. But something happens in that final two minutes of the game, and you're just like, well, I wouldn't do that on Madden. Why would you do that in real life? Yeah. So it's interesting you bring up having that the, the that that position to be managed at the end of the game. I, I would tell you that most of these coaches would probably secretly tell you that somebody's charting all of that stuff. There, there's information there. Listen, they're, they're charting everything. They're, they go through situations. Um, you've got GAs and, and people that are working on special projects all off season and then combining that data as the season goes on to what are, you know, what are the opportunities or for us to go for it here and have some success. Right. And then, you know, they have those people that are around, but one of the difficult things, I mean, it's, Hindsight is always 2020, and we know that. I'm, the, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about should we run a reverse, should we do this. I'm talking just like Mario Cristobal. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just take a knee. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I don't need an intern. I don't need a GA. Yeah. You you I have to. A statistics class, and they would be like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the best thing to do. Yeah, and, and I think. You know, you don't the, the problem is you don't know what's going through those guys' heads at the time. And clearly <laughs> it wasn't that situation. Right. But that's why I, I think that's why and, and, and I'll say this too. So Illinois does a, a, a an unbelievable job of going through such situational football. Minnesota does it as well. I, I mean, I'm only bringing those two up because I've watched them go through it. And I've sat in meetings when they've gone through it. But it still has to be executed. Illinois has had some stuff that has not been executed all season long that, that is really contradictive, contradictory of what I've seen them go through and it not be executed on the field. But I think that when you start talking about, you know, these guys and these being put in positions, man, you're right. You, you make a lot of money. You've got you to understand the situation that you're in. And so oftentimes they find themselves in situations that they haven't been in before. And then what makes it worse that there are quite a few people that are on those headsets, quite a few coaches and nobody's saying, Hey, can't do that. We shouldn't do that. But to me, that's why you have, that's why you have to have a staff that can challenge you as the head coach. Because if you have a, if you have a staff that is sitting there concerned about, I told you to do, I, I suggested this and I'm not jumping on the table for either my player or a specific situation of something we should have done. And you guys can't have a, uh, you, you can't collaborate and have an argument about something. And, and then you're concerned about how you're going to feel after the play. Yeah. If it doesn't go your way, you're going to think, Oh, well, I'm in trouble. I remember Mike white was an old coach at Illinois and uh, he had a defensive line coach named Bill Kolar. Bill Kolar was, you know, legendary in the NFL. Was around in college at Illinois and Purdue, and then went off to the Illinois. Uh, he went to uh, Atlanta. Was his first professional job as a defensive line coach. Right. And he last he was so good he lasted through four or five coaches down there. 
But I bring him up because he would tell Mike White stuff during the game, and he would swear he was going to be fired the next minute for saying for telling Mike White what he just said and how he felt about something. And, and that sticks out to me because he was able to challenge him. But it was, at the end of the game, it was like, yeah, okay, no, no problem. Things that's over. You know, right. we're back to normal. Uh, I mean, the same way Alex Gibbs was that way with Mike Shanahan and Gooby, Gary Kubiak in Denver. He would get on the headsets or walk down the walk down the field and say, Mike, you're out your damn mind. We're I, not doing that. Right. Run the ball. Do this. It's but called being a real friend. Story. It's Absolutely. called being a real friend. It's Absolutely. called being a real coach. It's it's you know what? You don't want to hear this. It's like a wedding, man. Speak now, forever hold your peace. Yeah. If you, no saw, if you see something, say it. Because yeah. I trust me, I'm sure Mari, Coach Crystal Ball would rather have somebody yelling at him and mm-hmm. be like, yeah, you know what? We was about to look like idiots if we were. Yeah. You're right. You need, you you need have that, that person. person who could just stand up. And I just wonder if people just worried about job security. It's like, well, he must know something I don't. But that's part of it. That's part of it. Or even worse. What's even worse, you can go back in the meeting and ask the question, who thought I did the wrong thing? And nobody raises their hand. Uh, or they raise their hand in the meeting, well, why didn't you speak up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the, to me, that's the power. That's as a head coach or that's not even, that's not even being a head coach. That's just leadership. Yeah. You have to be able to empower the people around you to ask the tough questions and to be able to challenge you without them having the fear of losing their job. But you're right. Jobs, because you can't tell me in Miami, nobody on the sideline thought that, or when anybody in that booth thought he was doing the right thing. Right. Because I'm thinking, somebody thought he was doing the wrong thing. Even if I'm the quarterback, I'm like, hey, guys, I'm just going to take a knee. Okay. <laughs> We're not running a play. I'll take the heat, but this is the dumbest thing that we're about to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then you see it like in previous weeks with, with, with Notre Dame and, and Freeman and the 10 men on the field. It's just like you play this great game and it just comes down to those yeah. final two minutes. And then it's just, it blows my mind. Right. It, it's mm-hmm. almost like you just need a two minute coach who can yeah. sit there and say, okay, my turn to shine. Do mm-hmm. this, don't do this, and you'll be okay. You'll get the W because you yeah. almost have. I feel like you got to save coaches from themselves sometimes. But but not only that, I mean, you, you think about the Notre Dame situation. I mean, there's so many layers or that, that someone should have said something, right? If I'm on the field, I know somebody's supposed to be next to me. Not only do I know it, I know his name. Yeah. And you look and he's not there. Um, can we get one of these? We need some anything. There's just so many layers. Let's, let's take it one layer deeper. You're the guy who's supposed to be out there. What are you doing on the side? <laughs> what are you doing? Not for one play, but two. Right. It's it's not like you're on the special teams and you don't know if they called your number. You're if if you're in for the final two plays, that means you're an integral part of this defense. Because I was like, is he just on the sideline drinking Gatorade, just chilling, like? Son, what, why are you out? Why are you not out there? Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. If it was me and I was his backup and I saw him standing there, you know what? I'm just going to grab my helmet and run out there. Somebody should out there. We only had 10 men, coach. What you going to do? Kick me off the team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many layers to that. But yeah, 
but but you're right. You you have to be dialed in um, to what's going on. So so here's what the rest of college football has learned, right? I don't think you'll see people ten men on the field for the right. rest of the year. You you won't see that because coaches are gonna. You'll probably it'll happen, but it's it's not gonna be the coach's fault. It'll, it'll be on a player because they're gonna be drilling that one. Uh, you look at in game situational football. They're gonna be they're gonna be coaching it because you know Miami was playing has been playing really well. And to think that this this play right can can keep you away from something, one of your goals, uh, a matchup. But that's that's how. And I think at the end of the day, that's one of the reasons why college football is so great and so exciting to watch because there are only a few games at the end of the day. There are only a few games. And if you're a if you're a team that's competing or you consider yourself one of those teams that's competing for a national championship to be in that 14 playoff, there are about five plays. Now, I say this all the time. I said there are five affordable plays. I, I stole this from Chuck Knox when I was with the Rams. There are five affordable plays that happen in every game that change the outcome of the game. Well, if you're a championship-level team, there are probably five plays that will change the outcome of your season. Yeah. Notre Dame probably had three of those plays in one game, which yeah. the intercept, the drop interception, the 10 men on the field, they probably had two more in, in games before that, but if you're that elite team, you're not making those kinds of mistakes. You can't make those kind of mistakes as players and coaches. No, you're right. You're right, Howard. Hey, but hey, just to put to prove your point, after this week, we're halfway done with the regular season. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how quickly we just started this up, and now <laughs> we're at the halfway point. Right. By the time the games end on Saturday. Most teams would have played six games halfway yeah. there. Where we'll start shaping things up for the playoffs in the bowl game. Yes, Howard, indeed. Appreciate your time, my man. We'll be back next week, folks. What you got to say? Man, I'm just excited. Looking forward to the weekend. I know some of the games don't look like they're great, particularly in the Big Ten. But I'm going to tell you what, this Iowa-Wisconsin game still going to be exciting. Purdue, All right, you, you never what? know. Call your you shot, man. Any you upsets? never know. Any Ooh. upsets? I don't see I don't see any upsets in in the uh, Big Ten. <laughs> Not this week. Not okay. this week. As well right. as I think Purdue can play, um, I just don't know that they have the upset ability to to finish it. I think they'll be in the middle of this game, but I, I don't know that they'll be able to uh, finish it out. All right. For Howard, I'm Rico. Thanks for watching. Keep liking, subscribing, give us reviews. Thanks for watching the Five Star Zone. Howard, I will see you next week, my friend. Peace. All right.